0: At University of Virginia Health System, we're for bringing advanced care closer to home. So we're bringing health knowledge directly to you with UVA Health System Radio. Here's Melanie Cole.
1: As many as three million Americans have type 1 diabetes according to the JDRF, and it's frequently diagnosed in children. What causes it, and how does it differ from type 2 diabetes? That's what we're talking about today. My guest is Dr. David Repask. He's board-certified pediatric endocrinologist at UVA Health Systems. Welcome to the show, Dr. Repask. Tell us what is type 1 diabetes, and how is it different from what we've been hearing a lot about type 2 diabetes?
0: Well, Hello. I'm glad to be here. Um, the hormone insulin um, moves sugar or glucose from... blood into the cells of the body where it's burned for energy and in diabetes there's not enough insulin to move the glucose and in fact the definition of diabetes is a, a fasting blood sugar greater than 126 milligrams per deciliter now in type 1 diabetes the problem is the body's ability to make insulin decreases that's different than type 2 diabetes uh, where you can make lots and lots of insulin, but the body becomes very insensitive to insulin, and you need more and more and more until you, you can't make it enough to, uh, to supply the, the, the needs.
1: What symptoms would a parent notice in their child that would send them to a pediatric endocrinologist to get checked and have their blood sugars checked?
0: diabetes can kind of be a, a masquerader it can look like flu but the things that set it apart are uh, lots of urine so the child is um, is going to the bathroom much more frequently than than normal a child can also be uh, tired lethargic can be losing weight which is sort of unusual for a for a growing child I think those are the the highlights to be looking out for.
1: And then when they take them in, how do you check for diabetes and then what's the first line of treatment when you discover that this is what a child has?
0: Well, it's really that blood sugar level. So if the, um, the child comes in and has the symptoms of um, peeing a lot and uh, drinking a lot and losing weight, we'll check the, the blood sugar and find that it's uh, exceedingly high and that pretty much makes the diagnosis the treatment is giving insulin so there's an insulin deficiency really the only treatment is giving replacing what's missing giving insulin back
1: what does that involve? Is this something that children eventually learn to do by themselves? We've heard about, you know, kids carrying their needles around and parents having to show them how to do it. Speak about this insulin that they have to have, and now it becomes a lifelong thing, correct?
0: That's right. At least at this, at this moment, there is um, no real cure. You can just replace the insulin that the body is no longer making. And it's complicated because you need to match the amount of insulin to what the child is eating, the exercise level, and during other illness uh, that you also need more insulin. So it's, it's a very fine game of, of providing just, just the right amount of insulin. If you give too much, then the blood sugar will drop. If you don't give enough, then the blood sugar rises and
1: both of those are dangerous and doctor because exercise has an insulin like effect and children we encourage our children to be active and run around and gym and recess and such how do you I mean do you have to be a type a personality as a family to really get this as you say this delicate balance how do we work with kids that way
0: Well, unfortunately, it is a delicate balance. Uh, With time, every family learns the amount of insulin and the amount of of glucose that a child needs to um, prevent highs and lows, and we work with the family to customize the dose and to come up with strategies to keep the blood sugar normal during exercise. So in some children, it may require... Giving a little less insulin. In some, it may require giving some extra uh, carbohydrate or, or uh, glucose, some some form of sugar, to keep the blood sugar from dropping during exercise. But that's the role of the pediatric endocrinologist to work with the family to uh, overcome these these challenges.
1: What about nutritionally, Doctor Repask? Is there any limits to what a child can eat as they grow and as they go into teen and adulthood? Are there things you want them to really steer clear of that could exacerbate their type 1 diabetes?
0: Well, you know, in the the old days we had many, many limits on what a child with type 1 diabetes could eat. These days you have to be reasonable. You know, a lot of, of eating a pound of sugar wouldn't be such a great idea. But when reasonable limits and eating a relatively healthy diet, we can pretty much give the amount of insulin that, that anybody would need. So basically, you don't really have to change your diet. We're, we're at a point where uh, we have fancy insulins that uh, some work quickly, some work slowly, that uh, can match just about anything in the diet. But I don't want to give the wrong impression. A healthy diet is important for everybody, but especially for somebody with type 1
1: diabetes. So talk about the horizon a little bit. What's on the horizon for curative or treatments for type 1 diabetes?
0: Well, I think the the thing that's uh, coming closer and closer and is quite exciting is an artificial pancreas. So we have currently insulin pumps that deliver insulin under the skin continuously. And then we also have continuous glucose sensors, which check your blood sugar almost continuously. If the two of those could work together so that Blood sugar is constantly being checked, and then that controls the pump. So if the blood sugar is rising, it signals the pump to deliver a little bit more insulin and decrease the blood sugar down to a normal level. Or if the blood sugar drops and and the sensor would tell the pump to back off on the amount of insulin that's being given at that moment, that is what your pancreas does, Um, and, and that would be an artificial pancreas, but then you wouldn't have to worry so much about uh, trying to match the insulin to what you're eating and exercising. It would happen automatically. So I think that that is really coming pretty close. Uh, and here at the University of Virginia, we are involved with um, uh, designing those artificial pancreas uh, um, instruments. Uh, I think another thing that's coming along is um, islet cell transplantation where you put back the uh, islets that have been destroyed by uh, the immune system in type 1 diabetes, there's a, a problem there that still has to get overcome, is that the, the new islets are also going to be attacked by the immune system. And so we've got to downregulate the immune system so it doesn't pick on those, those new cells. Ultimately, there'll be a cure, it's hard to predict when it's going to happen. But I think the cure is likely to involve um, a new mechanism for turning off the immune system so it stops picking on those, those beta cells. And if they can regenerate uh, themselves and the immune system isn't, um, isn't attacking them as they do so, then perhaps the beta cells will come back and be able to produce insulin again.
1: And in just the last minute, Doctor, why should children with type 1 diabetes receive their care at UVA Children's Hospital?
0: Well, our program has really dramatically expanded in the in the recent past. We now have uh, six physicians and four nurse practitioners, and we're very shortly going to expand our clinic from uh, two days a week to five days per week. We have all the latest technology, the pumps and the sensors that I've been talking about. And we are involved in cutting-edge research and offer patients an option to participate. And last but not least, we have moved our diabetes clinic into that beautiful new Children's Hospital building on the UVA campus. We are really enthusiastic to welcome new patients into our practice, and we promise to take excellent care of the whole family that's affected by diabetes.
1: Thank you so much. That's wonderful information. And for more information on UVA Children's Hospital, you can go to uvahealth.com. That's uvahealth.com. You're listening to UVA Health Systems Radio. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.